I'm Catherine Bice, your host to Bowie, a Life in Deeper Water podcast. I live on the Outer Banks of North Carolina on what many call a 200-mile sandbar along the wildly native Atlantic coast. As a nonprofit professional, I had such a heart for bringing resources to underserved youth and artists, New York City, Los Angeles, but the ocean is now my daily muse. So why buoy? To bear my witness to a seaworthy faith, one witness of God's divine persuasion in our deep blue lives, I seek faith that rocks with resilience. Buoy is rocking on a small, sun-drenched platform, spending a few minutes to warm up with the sea lines and navigate a deeper perspective on how our faith is our witness. We all have to swim to it. If you are here to buoy your life in a way only God's swell provides, or your swim brought you to this open water but you're not sure why, we are on the same journey. Hey, thanks for jumping on buoy today. Welcome to Buoy, a Life in Deeper Water podcast. Episode 22. What happens when we grow into the fullness of God's grace? Hello, human. I grew up saying grace. I thought of it as a blessing the food kind of thing. And I thought of grace in a spiritual way, the eternal gift God gives each of us, the grace of salvation. And who doesn't recognize amazing grace, how sweet the sound, singing about the gift God gave us. But there was also a secular version of grace in my life. As a dancer and choreographer, grace was created through elegant movement, fluid transitions, lightness of foot, and the beauty of a dancer's line through space. Defining space with perfect timing and effortless balance, almost a soothing of the soul through movement. How a dancer approaches the surrounding space, how a dancer uses the transference of weight to carve shapes through space, such a beautiful thing to feel and witness. When we built our home in the Outer Banks, we quickly learned that some homeowners named their homes, many paying homage to the ocean, the delight of retirement, or the ultimate getaway. Names like By the Sea, Ocean Delight, Sunrise Serenity, like that. Because we feel that our home was only possible through God's bounty, we named it Harris House on Kitty Hawk Bay. Harris, spelled C-H-A-R-I-S with a silent C, is the Greek word for grace. So our home is Grace House, a gift from God to share with others. But for the past several months, I've been thinking about the presence of grace in my life. I'm seeking a deeper understanding of how God's grace is working in me 24-7. How might I recognize it more freely? Spiritually, grace is often defined as unmerited favor from God. I take this to mean that I am part of the fall of Adam and Eve and that he wants to reconcile me back to him, but there is nothing I do that can make that happen. It is beyond what I deserve, and I have thought of it as one gift at the time of my salvation. While I know God's presence is not on any earthly timeline, I do know his gift of grace lasts my lifetime, that he has given it to me in full but I'm wondering about how it moves through my life, not unlike how a dancer moves through space, giving its form an unmatched spiritual elegance that transcends. 
We even say someone graces us with their presence. I think if that is so, then when God, ultimately so. Words used to define Harris include graciousness, as gratifying, of manner of act, which can be abstract or concrete, literal, figurative, or spiritual, especially the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. Acceptable, benefit, favor, gift, gracious, joy, liberality, pleasure, thanks, worthy. Of the brief definitions I just shared, and there are volumes on this, what resonates is the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. That grace, Harris, is the divine influence upon my heart, that God's unmerited favor gives me the capacity to draw close to him. He has made my heart with a capacity to receive divine influence. Why is this important? Because we slip away from his divine nature every day and cling to our human nature because he's the most natural response for us, always within the reach of our human desires. Another definition I wanted to share is one that theologians call the status gratiae, the spiritual condition of one governed by the power of divine grace. Romans 5.2, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. 2 Timothy 2.1 You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So how do we access and nurture a spiritual condition governed by divine grace? How do we stand in his grace? How do we grow in it? How can we be strong in it? It seems like a worthy spiritual pursuit. The Catholic Church and other churches and theologians have recognized different ways God relates to us through His grace as we live our earthly life. I think of it more like attributes than types of grace. Actual grace guides our will to do good, seek God's will. Common grace, God loves all equally. Prevenient grace prepares our hearts and minds to hear and receive the gospel of Jesus. Preached grace, the gospel is growing throughout the world. Adopting grace, grace that brings us into God's family because he is our spiritual father, we are his children. Miraculous grace, God performing sovereign miracles. Just to name a few, it is a deep and vast terrain. But to remind us as we continue, God is the God of all grace. 1 Peter 5.10 This is not an in-depth Bible study format. It is a buoy for strengthening our hearts for the swim. So I want to share three attributes of God's grace that resonate with me and how we recognize grace to nurture our spiritual character in daily life. His sanctifying grace, His sustaining grace, and His gratuitous grace. Sanctifying grace puts us in God's presence. St. Thomas Aquinas, an Italian Dominican theologian and one of the most influential medieval thinkers of scholasticism, stated that grace does not contradict nature. Aquinas teaches of the grace that sanctifies an individual, granting the person a participation in the divine nature. Although theological debates are easy to get lost in, I think this is so beautiful and I am inspired to read about Aquinas' life 
and pursuit of the divine nature of God. In less abstract terms, it is God's sanctifying grace that transforms us into the likeness of Christ. Exposing our intellect to Scripture prepares our human nature to accept God's divine grace. Romans 12.2 It'll be familiar. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We cannot understand God's will without being sanctified to be in His presence. As Paul says, be transformed. Sustaining grace perfects God's power. This happens in times of trial and suffering. God sustains us. 2 Corinthians 12.9 But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. When our lives are roughshod for challenges, God is bringing unmerited favor to our days, filling our intellect with the way through it. And not limping or crawling, no. His grace abounds perfectly. I read that Jesus did not use the word grace himself in his earthly ministry. Only two verses reference this word in the four Gospels, and neither of the usages were by Jesus. Luke tells us the grace of God was on Jesus as a child, in Luke 2.52, and the Apostle John taught, John 1.14, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1.17, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I also read that the Apostle Paul used the word grace 80 plus times in his epistles. He's referred to by some as the Apostle of Grace. Well, that's a promising road to travel. I've bookmarked it. My point is that our spiritual understanding of the word grace in his word comes from others who are witnesses to the life of Jesus. Is grace not then best defined as the life of Jesus that when I give my life to him, I am covered by every choice he ever made on earth, his every decision, his every step that kept him in the gracious love of his Father. His life sanctifies and sustains mine, keeping me in the gracious love of his Father. The merited favor of Jesus stands in place of my falling away. If it were not for his life on earth, God could not give us the gift of grace. If it were not that first God so loved the world, we would not receive the gift of grace. All of a sudden, God's grace is not a one-time gift of unmerited favor marked only by the day I gave my life to Jesus. While God sanctified me in full at that time, it is through my spiritual growth I come into that fullness. Jesus adorns my life with a certain spiritual grace, a fluidity of divine movement through what I say and do. I find that assuring, inspiring, and enduring. I find the need to pay attention to His grace in my life, the form it takes, and the transitions it makes to a deeper understanding and acceptance of His love. 
Jesus said in John 15:10, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. The third attribute of grace I am embracing is also defined by St. Thomas Aquinas. In addition to sanctifying grace, the other kind of grace Aquinas defines is commonly translated as gratuitous grace. Aquinas says, This gratuitous grace, in the technical sense, is given not for the sanctification of the recipient, but to allow the recipient to help others to God. So, God's unmerited favor on you, God's unmerited favor on me, for the purpose of illuminating His unmerited favor for others. That's beautiful. I have a thousand questions, and hope has sprung eternal yet again. But we are so not done. Here are two questions for starters. So how does our daily witness represent His grace? And how does another gift from God, our faith, power His grace in our lives? Episode 23 I leave you today in the very best company with Paul, Galatians 6.18, and the one. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. His grace, my gratitude. See you on the buoy. Thanks for listening today. I encourage you to speak up, human. If buoy brings value to you, take a moment to share it with someone. Write a quick review so we reach more seekers. Comment, ask questions. You can find me at katherinebice.com and buoy Catherine B on Instagram. Buoy is a life in deeper water podcast.